what do you eat for breakfast most days? I do steel-cut oats with fruit and nuts or some variety of avocado toast and eggs. What's your favorite go-to snack? Usually it's nuts, sometimes the occasional white cheddar popcorn. What's your favorite takeout food? Thai. So excluding spices and oils, what are your top three pantry ingredients? Oats, sesame seeds, and beans. Any kitchen gadgets you just can't live without? My microplane. Hey, Tedra. Hey, Jade. So it's Eat Well Tuesday, and today we're talking with Marissa Moore, a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's worked as an outpatient dietitian, a corporate nutritionist for a restaurant chain, and she managed the wellness program at the CDC. So Marissa's been featured in most major media outlets, both in broadcast and print media, including everything from the Dr. Oz show and the Today Show, as well as the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Refinery29, and Well and Good. And seriously, you guys, this is like just to name a few. She's been in everything. During our chat, we cover how she started her food blog and mastered food photography, her love of chickpeas, and how taking chances led to her being her own boss and rewarding career doing something she's super passionate about. It was really fun to talk to her, so listen in and get to know Marissa. A quick reminder, if you're listening on the go, don't forget, we put show notes up every week, so if there's anything you missed, you can find it on our website and answers to all the questions you might be asking. So before we start the show, we have a quick favor to ask. If you're loving the podcast, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Just click the share button and spread the get to know love. Thanks, guys. You're listening to We Get to Know Podcast. And for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Marissa. Hi, Marissa. Welcome to the show. Hi. Where are you calling in from today? I am in beautiful Atlanta where it's nice and sunny today, but a little Uh chilly for us. Is it? What's chilly for you guys? Like 50? (laughs) Yeah. Anything around, anything that dips into the 40s gets a little chilly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just outside D.C., but like before we moved here about a year and a half ago, I've been in the South, like Arizona and Texas and California. And so I have that I have that feeling, too. Like we have we get snow here and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like the real cold. (laughs) Oh, I know. I actually just came back from Toronto last week and I thought I had experienced cold weather. But one day it was a negative 28 wind chill. And um, yeah, I decided that I (laughs) maybe can't handle cold weather at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you do build up to it. I mean, I grew up in Quebec and so I remember it not being so brutal, but I I'm like a wimp now. I've lived in the South for too long. (laughs) Okay, so are you originally from Atlanta? Actually, no. I am from South Carolina, about five hours from here. Teeny, teeny, tiny town that no one's ever heard of. But I went to school in Atlanta and I decided to stay. Cool. Okay, so tell us, we always like to start the show with a little bit about your growing up days, your childhood, your parents, and especially as it relates to food. So tell us a little bit about that small town. Yeah. So like I said, I grew up in South Carolina and I grew up eating a lot of the standard sort of Southern fare and things that most people wouldn't call healthy necessarily. (laughs) Fried chicken. (laughs) Yeah. There was a lot of, you know, traditional Southern food. But what's funny about it is I also, I grew up with my grandparents Mm. and they were really big on vegetables. So my grandfather actually had a garden next door to our house. So I grew up with, you know, fresh collard greens and cabbage and 
peas. And, you know, so I had all these really fresh vegetables, but often they were cooked with, you know, ham hocks or, um, (laughs) you know, some of the meats weren't necessarily the healthiest. So I had sort of that sort of mixture of Southern foods, but then tons of fresh vegetables as well. So I really grew up appreciating them. I learned, I would say that I probably learned everything I know about cooking from my grandmother. Even though my mom was around, she doesn't really cook. (laughs) Mm. But my grandfather, my grandmother, they always did every day of the week. So I basically learned everything that I know about Southern cooking from them. And then I was a little, I guess a little bit of a weird kid because I used to read cookbooks like novels. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just really enjoyed running through the pages and you know, trying these new and different recipes. And I love watching at the time I would watch just like cooking shows on the public access channels. So I just, it kind of opened my world to things that I had never really heard of because in this small town, everything was, I feel like it was pretty, what's the word? Isolated? Yeah, for sure. I I wasn't aware of the world of cuisines that were out Mm. there really until I came to college, which some people might be embarrassed to say something like that. But I didn't even have like fresh salmon until I was like 17 or 18 years old. So Mm. I have an interesting sort of background in terms of where I grew up and and what I was exposed to. So coming to the big city of Atlanta was a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's amazing. um, Yeah. And funny enough, I... I also, even though I was raised around lots of vegetables, but then also lots of meats, I never really liked meat. So when I came to college, I kind of started to, you know, cut that out totally. So that kind of took me in in a totally different direction. So did you go full vegetarian or vegan? I did, actually. I was vegan for about a year, vegetarian for probably five or six years. And and now I still definitely prefer plant-based eating, but I've incorporated a lot more flexibility into my diet. Have you done that for career or because you actually were craving some proteins? You know, it was a combination. I like... I don't really necessarily like certain meats per se, but you know, if I want fish, I want to be able to have that without any restrictions. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of take an attitude if I if I want it, I'll have it. You know, <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. it's like food freedom, you know, but it's like healthy. But I'm not going to restrict anything, so I'm not sitting around thinking about food twenty four seven. And exactly, and if I go home and my my aunt is preparing collard greens and she put whatever she put in it, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I won't eat the collard greens. I definitely will. It's just, you know, what I prefer to have at home. Yeah, the 90% sort of. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you moved, you'd moved to Atlanta for college. Mm-hmm. So you were, what was that, 18 or something? Yeah, I was 17. And what's 17. funny about college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was, everyone said, all my teachers are like, oh, you're good in math and science. You should just be an engineer. Okay, sure. I'll be an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Um, So I, you know, I got into Georgia Tech. I came down and I loved my classes. Like I was taking all these physics classes and calculus and... I'm a physics major. You're taking my language. I love it. (laughs) I actually really enjoyed it. I know that sounds weird to people, but I did that. And I loved chemistry though. That was my thing. I really enjoyed chemistry. So the first year, my first summer, I decided to do an internship. At that point, I realized, you know what? Engineering is not for me. It just wasn't a good fit. And I knew that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life doing that. And coming from very humble means, my family were 
said, oh my gosh, why are you not going to be an engineer anymore? Because at that point it's I like decided. It's like a sure bet, right? Yeah, like you're going you know? to have a career and make money. <laughs> exactly. And I had started to kind of explore other options because I was so unhappy with the idea of being an engineer and spending my life as a chemical engineer. And I talked to one of my advisors at tech, actually, and he said, you know, Marissa, you're always making these healthy recipes. You're helping us around here eat better. Have you ever considered becoming a registered dietitian? And I'm like, no, I've never even heard of that. What's that? You know? And he's like, yeah, you could actually transfer a lot of your sciences into the nutrition science program. And the rest is history. It was the perfect fit for me because it brought together my love for science, my love for food, and being able to help people. So it was just the best decision, even though like it terrified my family at first. <laughs> it ended up being the very best decision for me. And it's been an awesome, awesome ride. That's cool. Okay, so break down for us the whole like, registered dietitian versus nutritionist. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, explain it a little bit. We've had a couple RDs, I think, on the show. And I'm always like, I'm always like trying to understand it a little bit better. Tell me again, is it, is it an undergrad or a master's program for the RD? Yes and yes. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So a registered dietitian, and actually the credential is registered dietitian nutritionist. So I'm actually both. But basically, it means that if that person has that credential, we know, you know that they've actually gone to school for something in nutrition science or related, and they've also passed a national board exam to certify that they are, you know, that they have that skill set and that expertise. So that's the biggest difference. And a nutritionist may or may not have the same training because there aren't any requirements to call yourself a nutritionist. Oh, interesting. So it is a big deal to look probably for the RD part. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, because anyone can wake up and say they're a nutritionist. That's not to say (laughs) that there aren't things that they can offer. (laughs) They absolutely can. But the credential does give you, you know, it tells you that, you know, what this person actually went to school for it and they studied for it. and, And we have to keep up with education. So I have to always, you know, study and make sure I'm keeping up with the current science and, and uh, literature out there. Cool. Okay. Love it. Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand in hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical grade and medically endorsed line of supplements. All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, use our code WEGETTONOW, and save 30% on your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the interview. All right, so talk us through then how and why you decided to start the food blog. 
Or what came first? Like, you're so present in the media and you're also a writer and a contributor to like every magazine and show I think I've ever heard of. I mean, it's amazing for people listening, like check her out. And so I'm curious, like, how did it all evolve? How did the career and the blog and how did that all evolve for you? Yeah, so the blog started in a funny way. It, again, I did, I was clueless about food blogging, but I was doing a lot of traditional media. So I was working with CNN a lot, doing like health minutes. And I was just serving as an on-camera expert or, or they'd call me up. Different publications would call me up to get input on the latest study or whatever's going on in the news. And I started my website as a way for journalists to find me actually. So it was just like a basic one pager you know, call me here kind of thing. And then eventually I realized, okay, well, this is a great way to just share nutrition information. So I started the blog then a long time ago. And it was probably only two or three years ago, though, that I realized how to start to kind of optimize the site with recipes. And I started to learn food photography and had no idea that I would actually enjoy that. And now, you know, say maybe three years ago, I actually kind of started playing around in the food blogging business. So that's kind of how it evolved. That website was just a way for journalists to find me. And we know traditional media is definitely not what it used to be. And it sort of just evolved into now, you know, this food blog that also has nutrition information. It's sort of this little combo that I've built. It's a cool, yeah, it's a cool site. Actually, I was bouncing around, like listening to some interviews and reading some recipes and just reading about you. And it's a good, it's a nice site um, that just encompasses a lot of those topics you're talking about. And your Instagram, I just have to talk about your photography. We, Tedra and I are just obsessed with your feed because it's so light and bright and contrasty and it just the food pops and it makes you want to run in the kitchen and make it. So you're doing a great job. Was it a big learning curve or not so much for the photography for you? Well, I definitely I went and I did do one class in person with Pinch of Yum. And yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen their space or that I just fell in love. They're in this old warehouse with this like lighting on every corner and it's just beautiful oh, and amazing. Neat. And they are the, the greatest. I just really enjoyed meeting them and learning from Lindsay. So that I would say was probably a big turning point for me because before I went to the workshop two years ago, I didn't even know how to use my camera. So That's a, they're the, <laughs> we just had Bjork not too long ago on the podcast yeah. and we were talking about food blogger pro cause we, I, that I've actually used it, his tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both just the best educators. It's cool to hear like full circle, all the people out there who have benefited from their, from their stuff, all that they have to offer. That's cool that you went to the class. Absolutely. It was, it was completely worth the trip to go up and learn from them because before that, I mean, you know, I was taking photos, but they just, you know, they (laughs) weren't that great. They're good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you got to start somewhere. (laughs) They're so good now. You do. And you, you know, it's, it's, it's an everyday sort of, thing where I'm learning new things. And people always ask, well, do you have a studio? Or No, I'm actually just taking photos in a spare bedroom <laughs> that <laughs> happens to get really, really good light. 
And that's great. I love hearing the truth behind <laughs> yeah. the story. Like for just full disclosure, I'm sitting in my closet right now because it's Seriously. the best crown in my house. <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious going back to your diet, if over the years and with your education and nutrition has your whole like relationship with food, has it changed at all? Or it's just like, what have you narrowed down to as your food philosophy right now? Hmm. That's a really good question. I, I really do practice food freedom. I encourage people to really eat what makes them feel good. And so with that, I do focus a good bit on integrative and functional nutrition, you know, adding foods to your diet that will help you in some sort of a way and focusing more on that. But that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy cake when you want it or that you have to cut out anything in particular, because I think you should enjoy food. It's a big part of life. And, you know, just today there's so much shame and fear involved. And it just kind of makes me sad when people are having a hard time enjoying their food. I know. It is sad. Yeah. I, I became a dietitian because I really like food and I like to help show people, you know, the good in it and how it can definitely help you with your health for sure. But it's also an important part of just enjoying life. With other I love people that. Too. Yeah, yeah, like you know how the French always use the word pleasure, like, and they talk so much about the pleasure of food, and that's what food is about, and meal time, and then with the pleasure of it is the respect of it, and the respect of yourself and your own body, and but it's always for pleasure. You know, you only receive pleasure from your first three bites, and so focus <laughs> on your first three bites, and don't mindless eat. Like it's kind of interesting how they think about it, kind of an older world part of the of the globe you know they have that those lessons learned I feel like those older cultures have a lot to bring to the table oh they absolutely do no pun intended right Mm -hmm. (laughs) right right really do and I encourage people to enjoy food with others if, if possible but you know if you're at home to savor whatever it is that you're making and just take the time to enjoy it If you've ever listened to the show, people know I've been open about being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And so I've been really experimenting with anti-inflammatory diet Mm -hmm. and going grain-free and just trying to take out the things and figure out what irritates my gut and build the gut bacteria back up. Mm -hmm. But I am curious, like, what, you're an RDN, (laughs) let's talk, Mm -hmm. like, anti-inflammatory diet. And do you feel like there really is something to it and it's worthwhile for health? Like, what do you think from a chemistry nutritionist standpoint? Absolutely. I'm a huge, huge fan of the Mediterranean diet in particular and anti-inflammatory diets. And we are learning so much. It's still, I think, in the infancy in terms of what foods work for some people, because some Mm -hmm. people do have a different reaction to certain foods. And it's okay to kind of experiment with that and figure out what works for your body. And if you are not able to tolerate certain ones, absolutely avoid those. And then just make sure that you're getting the nutrients that you need from other sources, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I do feel like the anti-inflammatory diet is really good for most people. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like it's legit, right? Like I'm not imagining this. (laughs) No, no, you're not imagining it at all. Mm -hmm. And it's so balanced. And Mm -hmm. I think that you can make it work for you wherever you are, whether you're in DC or if you're in California, where there's an abundance of, you know, a variety of fruits and vegetables, or if you're in the South, you can absolutely make it work for you using seasonal produce, finding the foods that actually work for you within that. I'm a huge fan. And 
speaking of anti-inflammatory, I immediately start thinking about the Mediterranean diet because they're very Mm. similar. Mm -hmm. And there's so much research to support the Mediterranean diet in terms of, you know, benefits to heart health and even benefits to brain health and increasing life expectancy even. So there's lots of benefits there. But the key is just finding what works for you within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in a positive kind of place too, mm-hmm. not in a restrictive. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So tell us about blogging. Like, did you, I'm curious about, do you have a nine to five, like clinical job or is this full time, What like the blogging and the media appearances and the writing or how's that all look for you? Yeah. So this is, yeah, I'm full time on my own. My last full time job I worked at CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, mm-hmm. and I was there while I was finishing up my master's and loved my job there. I had a hard time leaving, but I left six and a half years ago because I wanted to be able to pursue some other work, some other things. And so my days are never the same. I do a lot <laughs> of writing. I usually like to kind of In the mornings, that's usually my content creation time where I'm writing or I might be developing recipes. So I'll use that time to to do that. And then in the afternoons, I schedule meetings and appointments because I tend to be a little less productive in the afternoons. (laughs) So if I know I have meetings, yeah, exactly. So I have something to kind of anchor me in the afternoons. But but yeah, my days are filled with um, either writing, recipe creation, photography, I have some clients that I also serve as on-camera talent for. So I am creating recipes on camera. I also do cooking demos for some of my clients where it's more like a class where I'll talk about three recipes and we'll talk through a variety of health questions. So my last one was a couple weeks ago and I had about 50 people show up and we just had a chat about healthy eating in the new year. And it's great because I love being able to just engage with people in a group and answer their questions. You know, I get questions on everything from the microbiome to what supplements to take or, you know, (laughs) what kinds of oil to cook with. So it's a great way to be able to share, you know, the knowledge that I have as well as some tasty and easy recipes. Because what I've found is that people are more willing to try new foods and to try healthy recipes if they have a taste of it. Mm-hmm. So that's totally. one of my favorite things to do. And then, yeah, the media work, that's constant. I get a variety of different media calls and you just never know where they're going to come from. And then I also consult. So one of my most exciting projects recently, I got to consult on a new lunchbox by a global brand. I won't mention who it is, but I got to consult on the lunchbox design and create it like a month of menus to go with it. And then I hope to introduce that to the media, the different oh, magazines fun. in New I'm York. I'm so curious what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple like kind of cool lunchboxes for my kids. Now well, I'm going to talk off air. I'm going to find out. <laughs> yes, but that, those are the kinds of, you know, consulting gigs that I've been able to kind of to score. And it's been a lot of fun because it brings together all aspects of my work. So that those are really exciting. Well, it sounds so rewarding. I love what your day to day sounds yeah, like. That's cool. it's, it's so much fun. I, I I do feel really grateful to be in a career that lets me do so many of the things that I love. So I do feel really fortunate. 
Okay, so let's talk matcha for a second. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I have a love-hate relationship with matcha, Uh if I'm just being honest. I I actually really, I like it, I think, just in a plain tea format. But I tried to make a smoothie out of it the other day. I'd seen a recipe, and it was so, it was just so earthy and awful. I couldn't handle it, and I have a pretty good palate. (laughs) So I'm curious about your experience with matcha. And then I saw you have a matcha latte recipe. So just tell us about that real quick. Yeah. So let's see, I think it was 2015 or 2014. I was commissioned to write an article about matcha. And of course I had to try it (laughs) myself and I absolutely fell in love with it. The one thing that I will say, and I'll talk about some of my tricks to making it more acceptable is to make sure you get the right one because sometimes the quality does make a difference. It is earthy, but it's not bitter if you get a good one. And I find that it's smoother than, say, regular green tea. Would you agree or no? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it almost has like a grassy, grassy yeah. but like creaminess to it. It, it exactly. even does have a creaminess to it, which is interesting. And I I think I'm going to love it, but I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, so, but I want to love it for the properties too, right? I mean, it seems that it's amazing. I do personally love it. And everybody's taste buds are different. But mm-hmm. I, the way that I generally make it, I do add a little bit of honey, just like a tiny drop, like okay. maybe half a teaspoon of that. And I whisk that with the matcha and a little bit of water. And then I usually finish it off with some sort of a nut-based milk, either like an almond milk or a cashew milk, which is really creamy. I froth it up. Mm-hmm. So it's a real treat that's really easy to do in the morning. So I, I, I have a recipe on my site for it, but I actually need to update it because I'm doing something a little bit different now. I've done it without the honey and it still works depending on the milk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, it does have an earthy flavor and you kind of have to embrace that. <laughs> right. That's the right way to put it, I think. You gotta yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. But the one thing that I really love, coffee doesn't really work for me. It just kind of makes me jittery. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that that same effect from matcha. I get the focus benefits. I feel more alert and I don't feel jittery. You're right. Like I will say the caffeine effects are, it's like all the good things from caffeine Mm -hmm. minus the bad that you experience with coffee, like that heart rate and kind of like the irritation to the stomach and all that. You don't have that with, with the matcha. It's interesting. It is. Yeah. What about, oh, you have a a mocktail recipe, a blood orange <laughs> mocktail recipe that I'm drooling so over. It looks so good. <laughs> Tell us about that real quick. What's in that? So that one is really simple and it's probably my favorite sort of citrus recipe on the site. Mm. But I think blood oranges are just so gorgeous. and yes, um, they're beautiful. They are. But that one is super simple. It's just blood orange juice and sparkling water. And I think I use like a lime sparkling water for that one. Mm, okay. Yeah. And it brings the two together with um, a little bit of honey and vanilla extract. Now you can maybe skip the honey if your oranges are super sweet. Just kind of want to taste those first. But right. you basically <laughs> just blend them up together and and serve it up. I mean, you can have it with your, your girlfriends or with your kids. It works for everyone, and it's just gorgeous. It works really well for baby showers, you know. Oh, um, that's a good idea. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's good. 
I have a great memory of being in Santa Barbara and having a blood orange margarita. And it, mm. I, I'll never forget it. I mean, it's so good. Oh. But I shouldn't be drinking tequila, you know, every night. So <laughs> this well, is the perfect I, I thing. Will, I will say, I remember that as soon as I published that recipe, I think one of the first comments was, um, I think I'm going to try this with vodka. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I understand. <laughs> yes, you totally can. <laughs> Okay, so tell us like a few tips for anybody listening who just wants to kind of clean up their lifestyle, maybe lose a few pounds, but it all feels so overwhelming. Where would you have them start? You know, the first thing that I always tell people is to eat more vegetables. And I know that sounds super cliche, but most of us aren't eating enough. Three Mm. out of four adults aren't getting enough vegetables. Really? That is fascinating. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so there's usually some room to add more vegetables to the plate. And a lot of times I tell people, you know, if you just aim for at at least half of the plate to be filled with vegetables, you're already off to a running start. And think about it in terms of ways that you can mix it up. So if you're doing a noodle bowl, you can still add in plenty of carrots or peppers or onions and zucchini even to kind of even the score there and maybe cut back on the noodles a bit. So just looking at ways to kind of add more vegetables, incorporate those more into your diet and really take a look at what you're doing. You know, if you're, you find that you eat too much late at night or you're a late night snack or a mindless muncher, just kind of figuring out what's driving that behavior, I think mm-hmm. is a big one. Is it boredom? Are you stressed? Are you sad? You know, kind of think through what's driving your eating habits if it's something that you're not happy with. Mm. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That gets into, it's a little bit deep, right? And sometimes there are, there are things that we don't want to explore. But once you do, it just opens up a whole whole world for you. And it's freeing too. Because you get to be more honest with yourself, I think. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you'll cut anything out or have to go cold turkey with anything or stop snacking every night. But it just helps you to really identify what's going on and get to the deeper, you know, the roots of what's going on in your life. We have to deal with it. We just have to deal Mm -hmm. with it. And why are the habits there? Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. So tell us, do you have any favorite food memories? Mm, Probably. Oh gosh. I I have so many. I immediately, (laughs) I immediately go back to making hoe cakes with my grandmother. (laughs) Oh, yum. And I don't know how many people know these, but it's basically, and what's funny is these were like whole grain and I never even knew it, but it's just like, you know, (laughs) cornmeal and she would make them with her hands and basically fry them up in a pan and we would have those with collard greens or whatever we were having. But it was just the process of being at the table with her, you know, making these little corn cakes and and putting them into the pan and enjoying the hot, crispy corn cakes with her. It's just one of my all-time memories, uh, favorite all-time memories. Fast forward many, many years, and I remember my first bite of gelato in Rome. Oh, (laughs) go on. (laughs) It was just so amazingly good because I had had gelato in the U.S. It just doesn't compare because they're in the Mm. back and they're, like squeezing and dicing watermelon and they're 
hand chopping pistachios and that's mm-hmm. what they're putting into the gelato and you can just taste the difference and it's like pistachios from you know the village <laughs> down the road and yeah, exactly. like the watermelon from what's his face's backyard <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. and, and some of yeah. my favorite food m- memories do come from travel for sure like I really enjoyed mm-hmm. being in Monteverde in Costa Rica I don't I have no idea where they were getting the fresh fruits from up in the mountains, <laughs> but mm. they were amazing. <laughs> you know, so, and then, you know, part of that too is I'm sure I was on vacation. So that just makes everything better. <laughs> but those You're are in some, a relaxed, joyful place, it, but still. <laughs> exactly. Like, how can this be bad? But, um, mm. you know, those are some of the things that sort of come to mind first. Okay. And then tell us, I'm curious. Do you have any like dinner meals that show up, you know, like on a weekly rotation for you? Like what are you eating most of the time? Mm, that's a good question. It's usually some form of chickpeas or some mm. variety of that. I might have chickpeas with pesto and or I might have salmon with a side of roasted, some sort of roasted vegetable. So I do a lot of roasted broccoli and roasted cauliflower, roasted Brussels sprouts, those are always, always making an appearance at least once or twice a week. And some sort of fish, it could be like a parchment baked cod or a barbecue salmon. Mm. It just, <laughs> it, it varies. But lately I do a lot of soups and I freeze a lot of soups so that I can use those when I come back from travel or on an off week when I don't really feel like cooking. So I'm all about the soups, too, and the freezing. Like, if I'm going to the trouble to throw out my Vitamix and puree it or whatever, I want extra. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I do tell people a lot because I work a lot with busy women, and Mm. they don't want to have to cook every night, and I get it. Neither do I. So if you're going to go through the trouble of cooking and dirtying up the kitchen, make extra, freeze half of it, and you have a ready-made meal for later. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. This is fun. I, I'm loving hearing your story. And I'm going to toss you over to Tedra, my co-host now. Should I have some follow-ups and then we're going to get into the Ask Everyone. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do have some follow-ups. Hey there, Marissa. Oh. Okay. So I want to know like what the technical side of starting your blog, like what was that like and how did you know how to start a blog and all that good stuff? Mm, I didn't at first. Um, (laughs) You know, I see people now launch blogs and they like have all this stuff and they have a checklist and I had no idea. I started out with a really popular host company at the time and they had like a website builder. Mm -hmm. And so I used that at first and then I quickly realized, "Hmm, yeah, probably not really getting me anywhere. And I eventually realized that WordPress was where it was. And I think I probably learned that from just asking people. I'm not shy Mm -hmm. about asking around. I see someone who's doing a great job and I'll just ask them how they do it. (laughs) And so eventually I switched to WordPress and I did get plugged into like Food Blogger Pro and some of the Facebook groups where I learned from other people, quite honestly, you know, in terms of like SEO, I've been constantly learning from people like Casey Marquis. I know most food bloggers kind of know his name. And I just kind of take little bits and pieces from different places. And now I do have a website, I guess, technical person who helps me with like change when I changed my host and when I, you know, went to the secure 
website. Those are not things that I can do on my own. But I do consider myself to be fairly tech savvy. So I kind of know what needs to happen. I just often will ask someone else to do it so I don't break anything. Yeah, I'm sort of the same. I I feel like I know just enough to like maybe solve it or maybe get myself into some really deep water. It's like I never know. Am I going to break everything or is it going to work out? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I've never heard of Casey Markey. Who is that? Or what does he do? So he owns MediaWise and he does blogger audits. That's his, his big thing and that's part of his business. He's an SEO guru. I don't know if he calls himself a guru, but expert, I should say. And he's one of the experts through Food Blogger Pro as well. So he's constantly helping people, you know, figure out how to optimize their blogs for the best chance at success. Oh, that's nice. So then do you handle like in WordPress your own SEO like through Yoast or is that, do you do it some other way? I do. Yeah, I use Yoast. I also use the extension on Chrome keywords everywhere. That's one of the ones that I use as well to kind of give me some ideas about how to title my posts and, you know, what, which might be the best keywords. Oh, smart tip. All right. That's a good tip for people. Especially like a Mm -hmm. lot of, I think people who like maybe have an idea or a dream of like starting a blog, I think they listen to this podcast. So it's always like nice to get a couple tips from someone who's gone before them. Yeah, I I will say this. um, And I think that Food Blogger Pro is a great place for new people to start because they have so many excellent tutorials. One thing I didn't mention before, I do, you know, some videos for some of my food clients. And my very first time that a client asked me to do a video, I had not done one before. So I said, sure, of course I can do it. And I literally (laughs) went to the Food Blogger Pro video course and did everything step by step by step. And I produced a video and they loved it. So there's definite value (laughs) to the tutorials that they provide. And they have them for photography, videography, and a variety of other things. I love that you said yes. And then you figured it out. You know, it's like, just say yes. Sometimes it's like, just say yes. You can do it. Especially if it's something you know you want to learn anyway. That just gives you the impetus to go ahead and get it done. And that's exactly what happened for me. And now I love it. Okay, so you mentioned chickpeas. This is just some of my follow-ups. You mentioned chickpeas. I'm what I'm just like now hearing about this, and I brought it up like in another podcast, so maybe I'm bringing it too much. But have you heard of or do you use the like the aquafaba, the the liquid that's in the chickpea can? I have heard of it. I have tried to use it. <laughs> I think it's like everyone's like experimenting a little bit. <laughs> Someone's like, no, I don't know about it. Yeah, I mean, I know that it works. Yeah, I think it would work in an application like a mousse or something like that. Like Uh I have an avocado chocolate mousse or pudding recipe on my site. And that would be a place where you might be able to use it to kind of lighten things up. But I haven't played around with it a lot. And I think it's just my own kind of, is it going to taste like chickpeas with my chocolate mousse kind of question. (laughs) Um, But from what I understand, everyone keeps saying it's it's a nice like vegan alternative for people who... You know, aren't eating eggs, you know, make a meringue or just like a creamy sort of base if you whip it up to like sort of, you know, be a foundation for something that you can make it savory or something. I'm just, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious enough. I really should just get a can and just try it. I don't know. I keep, I keep hearing about it lately. I think it's like starting to like show up 
more and more places. Um, oh yeah, you should definitely give it a try. I mean, there's a, there are entire cookbooks written on using aquafaba oh, for wow. recipes. So it's definitely a thing and it definitely works. I just haven't played around with it a lot on my own. Okay, and then one last question before we go over to the Ask Everyone. Well, I'm, I'm curious, and this is something else I've been hearing. I'm just wondering if you have thoughts on it. Is I'd never heard this phrase, believe it or not, until like two weeks ago. But the idea behind intuitive eating, is that something that you sort of prescribe or know much about? I do know a good bit about it. And I think it's excellent, especially for people who have had struggles with diet culture and felt and feeling as if they are constantly dieting or constantly feeling pressure to eat a certain way. I think it's an excellent way for them to experience some relief and to get some relief and kind of change the way that they think about food. Okay. I love that. I'm going to, I think I'm going to dive into it a little deeper, but I was just curious if you had any thoughts on it. It sounds like a nice recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> or at least there, a sign of approval. I recommend, you know, for people who are interested, the founder, Evelyn Triboli, she is on Instagram. I think she actually just joined at the end of last year, but she's constantly, you know, sharing tips and, and information about intuitive eating. And of course she has a book that goes along with it. So that would be a great place to start. Okay, thanks. I was wondering where I should start. I'll check that out. So it's the founder. That's the Instagram handle? Evelyn Triboli. That's her name. Oh, Evelyn. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll rock that up. Okay, so let's get started on some Ask Everyone questions. Tell me what's one or two great tips you could share with our listeners. It can be about life or food or blogging, your business, anything. Yeah, so the one thing is don't be afraid to take chances because I know fear creeps in a lot. And I'm talking to myself here (laughs) when I say this. (laughs) And also to be the only one in the room like you. So it's okay to be a little bit different. And I think about that because I was an engineering major uh, turned dietitian. And then I ended up getting an MBA with a focus in marketing. And I was the only dietitian in my class, (laughs) which is not a surprise because there aren't that many of us. But it's afforded me many, many opportunities because I was the only dietitian in my class. So now when my classmates think about nutrition and food, who do they think of? They think of me. (laughs) So it's okay to be different because we all have different gifts to share. So don't be afraid to share yours with the world. Okay. So if I call you at 9am on any given day, what are you most likely doing? It's kind of boring. I'm writing. Um, <laughs> I'm writing. I'm researching. I'm, I'm deep into my laptop, usually, <laughs> around that time. What is something people would be surprised to know about you? I would say that probably they would be surprised that I started out as a chemical engineering student. How do you like to decompress? With a really big mug of tea, some fuzzy socks, and the couch. Who are three people that you love to follow on Instagram? A pinch of yum, half-baked harvest. I love her photos. They're just absolutely oh, me dreamy. Too. <laughs> me too. And then I love some inspiration. So I like following Cleo Wade. Excluding social media, what's your favorite app? I really like Insight Timer. It's a meditation app and they have every single condition or situation that you might face. And I love popping that in just for some guided meditation and ways to decompress. So name a book that you just can't put down. So for this one, I would say it's a book that I just finished. I never read fiction. And one that I just finished, it's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. We read it through a book club. 
And even though it's fiction, there are some little life lessons in there. And one of the ones that kind of sticks out is just not caring so much about what other people think. And that kind of sticks with me. Describe your perfect day. So I have two. So if I'm working on a day when I'm working, I would say it's starting the day with some movement, having some tea, having a really productive morning, getting my writing done or whatever content I need to have created, having a great lunch. Obviously, I like food. And then finishing out the day with a nice walk with the dog and dinner. If I'm traveling, though, the perfect day is really being able to explore the city and the food and the people to really understand and feel the culture of wherever I am. What's your beverage of choice in the morning and also at night? Matcha latte in the morning. And at night, it's water. If I'm feeling really wild, it's sparkling water. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite sparkling water? Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. I'm between lime or coconut, but sometimes (sighs) grapefruit. (laughs) So I like any of those three. Okay, so what city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave? You know, I'd have to say it's my hometown of Bennettsville, South Carolina, because it's my family and all the memories there. So that would be that would be it. Having to leave them is never easy. Do you have a current Netflix addiction? Sort of. I like the Ozarks. I just kind of got into it. But I have to be honest, I am counting down the days until the last season of Game of Thrones. Oh, I know. I'm I'm down with both of those. Yeah. Um, so Ozarks, I've watched like maybe three quarters of the first season and I need to go pick it back up because everyone says the second season is so good. So I need oh. to do that. And then, yeah, same. I'm on board for Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah. It's just sad they're going to be leaving us. They're making us I wait know. so long. And then they're, it's only like, what, like six or so eight episodes are coming. It's like, oh. I know. We're already oh. mourning it before it starts, right? Oh. I know. I know. Um, have you ever heard of a show, Peaky Blinders? No. It's on Netflix. It's, I mean, you might like it. If you like, I mean, it's not anything like Game of Thrones actually, but you should just check it out. It's like one of my favorite, favorite shows and it's so good. I mean, I have to watch it with subtitles because they have really thick Irish accents, but okay. it's sort of set like back in the early 1900s and it's this like family who are sort of gangsters, but I don't know. It's really, really interesting. It's good. I'm always recommending it to people. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to check that out. I hadn't had not heard of it. Okay, so what song do you currently have on repeat? So it's an old song, but it's Mary J. Blige, Just Fine. I love that song. Do you know it? No, tell me about it. So it's just a really upbeat song, and she just makes you want to I want to ask you to sing it. Um, <laughs> do you sing yeah. No, I don't think. <laughs> uh, I, probably, I probably would recognize it, but I'm the worst at knowing any song titles of any song. So Yeah, I'll Just have to check Fine. It out. I love it. Okay, so do you have a favorite beauty product? Uh, I kind of do. I last year I tried Rihanna's Fenty. It's a lip gloss balm, the um, Universal Lip Luminizer. It's really nice. It's just a gloss, but it smells great and it has a nice shine. So it's super simple. Do you live by a motto? I don't really live by a motto, but I do have a favorite quote that. I constantly remind myself it's by Henry Ford and it goes something like whether you believe you can't or you cannot, you're right. Mm, Love that. Mm -hmm. It's good. 
Yeah, I think it's a big one, especially for women, because sometimes we struggle with confidence and, you know, just stepping out and doing things. And so it's a constant reminder for me. Who's your celebrity crush? You know, I don't, I don't honestly have one. I don't get super starstruck. I wish I could think of one, but I don't know if I have one. <laughs> problem. Lots of people don't. Yeah. I have like way too many. <laughs> so I'm like the opposite. I'm like, gosh, I keep like a little list with some of my friends just for fun. And it's constantly rotating. I'm always like, hmm, who do I have to bump off the list to put someone else on? Because we cap it. <laughs> oh, I need to have your problem a little bit more. Like get off this celebrity crush. What's one food that you absolutely will not eat? Mm, probably coleslaw. <laughs> really? No, it's do weird. you like Brussels sprouts? I do love, I love cabbage. I love Brussels sprouts. But when I say coleslaw, it's the traditional one with like okay. mayo and uh, like, yeah, I, I just, yeah, it's my thing. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't like coleslaw with mayonnaise either, but I do yeah. love I love cabbage and I love Brussels sprouts, but my mom always made our coleslaw that was vinegar based. Mm-hmm. And so it was like sweetened, you know, um, sweetened vinegar and just salt and pepper. That's like basically it. And I mean, I devour that stuff. I love it so much. I will eat that coleslaw. So I should specifically okay. say maybe just like the traditional Southern coleslaw. Okay. I, yeah. yeah, it's just not my thing. Okay. So what's the biggest pet peeve that you've got? Reply all to too many people. Okay. (laughs) I know. I know that's a weird one, but sometimes there's no need to tell everyone thank you. (laughs) That's true. It's so true. At first, I was thinking, I wonder what she means by that. And then, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yes, Uh the idea that like everybody needs to know. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say reply all abuse. (laughs) Okay. Put it that way. What's the best gift you've ever received? A trip to the spa. It was, mm, it was really lovely. awesome. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I do work a lot. I, I work now way more than I did when I ever had a full-time job. And, you know, I need reminders sometimes to just take a break and take care of myself. So that was probably the best gift I would say. What's the best gift you've ever given? This might sound a little cheesy, but I feel like the best gift I've given would be my time. So I like to volunteer with young girls because I know how hard, I think we all know as women, how hard it is to be a a young girl growing up. And so I've offered my time and I like to offer my time to girls either for tutorials or just to act. I've served as a big sister through Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Atlanta, but just giving them another outlet beyond their family to be able to know that they are supported and for any sort of mentorship or guidance that they might need. Oh, that is so thoughtful and generous. I think so when someone gives their time, especially to something like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, it's just, I mean, I, w- I don't want to say like you don't get anything back because you do, you know, I'm sure you get tons of rewards back, but mm-hmm. it really is like the center of just doing something great for someone else and someone young who who needs it probably, like needs a nice mentor, just someone to take time and care about them. I love that. I, yeah. Okay, so what's the last thing you Googled? What's the best time to visit Greece? (laughs) Are you going? I want to. I want to go this year. So (laughs) uh, apparently I need to go around September. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we have one last question for you. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received? 
I think I really think it was from one of my professors because I I, I kind of talked a little bit in this interview about you know trying to figure out what I needed to do with you know with my major and what I was going to do for a career, and she said to me you know focus on your passions and the rest will fall into place, and that absolutely panned out to be true for me, mm, and and because nice. of that it, yeah and because of that it's really just opened so many doors for me. And, and I really do enjoy my career and the flexibility that working on my own has provided. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it had a pretty big impact on my life. There probably cannot be enough said about that advice. Like if someone really does follow their passions, at the end of the day, like they're going to be living their life, like <laughs> inspired by their own work or like, you know, just, I mean, it's going to be work. It's still going to be work. Like you said, you work harder now than you ever did, mm-hmm. but there's just like something joyous at the core of it because you're passionate about it. So that is great advice. Love that. Yeah. Okay, so tell us where do we find you online and on social media and all that good stuff? Sure. So Everything is under my name, marissamore.com. And I'm actually updating my blog too. So I'm not really sure when this will go live, but I'm kind of revamping my website. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, marissamore.com and on Instagram, marissamore. And it's with one S. (laughs) I always have to tell people that. So it's just M-A-R-I-S-A more. Okay, Marissa, this has been a joy talking and getting to know you. And we just appreciate that you came on and spent some time with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Okay, well, take care. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Bye. Okay, Jade, so time for a little host-to-host chat. And I'm going to tell you what I did last night. All right. I know what this is. Okay. I'm dying to hear the details. <laughs> okay, so last night, Daniel Walker was in town, and that's here in Austin, Texas. She was in town on her book tour, and her new book is Daniel Walker's Eat What You Love. So it's basically like your everyday comfort food that you crave. She's just made it like paleo and grain-free and all these like delicious versions that for anyone who has specialty diets and knows Daniel's work, then it's going to be a perfect fit for you. But it's like sort of all those chicken pot pie type mm. things that – you probably miss if you're grain free, yes. you know, so it's those types of things, but it was fun. It was right downtown and she had Jen Hatmaker as her guest. That's so cool. Like, how was it? They chat? Yeah. So they're friends in real life. And so you could just tell their personalities. I think she felt like at peace, like, like you have your buddy. Yeah. You have your buddy with you. Yeah. You got your little buddy with you. So they do cooking demonstrations. She did two cooking demonstrations and then a fun Q&A chat, and then um, opened up to the audience to do Q&A for quite a while. They took quite a few questions. She talked about her story quite a bit. And then they also had three recipes from her cookbook that you could try. Oh, they had made them. Yep. Um, so they had, like, I think she had, like, a caterer that made them in large batches for all of us to try. What, like, what were they? Her sweet potato fries with, like, primal barbecue sauce, which was good. And then her butterscotch pudding, she told the story, like her husband, he always, her husband was there too. So she was saying how he always like talked about his mama's butterscotch pudding growing up and that, you know, he just missed it and always wish he could had it. And so she finally was like one day fed up. She's like, okay, I'm going to try to recreate this, you know, like free. And and so she would tell the story how she finally got called and said like, okay, can you tell me like called his mom or grandmother or something? So like, what's the deal with the pudding? And he was like, she was like, Oh, it's just out of the box, huh? <laughs> no way. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> no way. So 
some fancy pudding right out of the box. That's so funny. It reminds me of our experience with the the budino or whatever it's called in, in LA, that butterscotch pudding. Oh, do you remember? Oh. At Mata. Oh my gosh. Yes. Nancy Silverton's yes. place. Yeah, to die for. Yeah. Okay, cool to know she's got a recipe for that. Yeah. Yep. So it was a cool her book tour. It's already sold out, or else I would tell people like to look up places to go all over the country where she's going, but it's sold out everywhere. But it was it was a fun experience. She was great and Jen was great and you know, it was a lot of fun. And I got signed copy of the cookbook. So woohoo. I might have to have you like iPhone take <laughs> shoot some pictures of a couple recipes for me. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm sure you'll be getting yeah, this cookbook at some point. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so we just want to thank everybody for listening today. And if you like the show, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can sign up for our newsletter at wegettoknow.com and we're on social media at wegettoknow. Head over to Instagram. That's where we hang out all the time. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guests and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. So it's Eat Well Tuesday, and today we're talking with Marissa Moore. She's a registered dietitian nutritionalist. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I can't say nutritionist. Yes, you can. I only can say nutritionalist. No, which, wrong. <laughs> you can ah. say nutritionist. <laughs> so it's Eat Well Tuesday, and today we're talking with Marissa Moore. She's a registered dietitian nutritionalist. She's worked as an outpatient dietitian. Nutritionalist. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I did not say it. Okay, <laughs> So it's Eat Well Tuesday, and today we're talking with Marissa Moore. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's worked as an outpatient dietitian, corporate nutrition. This is just so many nutritions. <laughs> you want me to do Dietitian, it? nutrition, nutrition, I mean, all these things. I can't even keep it straight. <laughs>